in Texas, you probably know a little bit about that. We got McDonald's right off. Stand your Bibles with you. We're going to start in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11. We are not going to stay there. I'm going to be honest with you. We're going to jump around all over the place. So we're looking at some keys, lots of keys for effective prayer. And so uh, as we do that, uh, I want to go ahead and put this out there. Message was inspired by a book that I've been reading called The Love Bear by Kendrick Brothers. And so if you haven't read it, I want to uh, encourage you to do so. I read it some time ago and was touched by one of their appendices, and this is where that came from. So if you're interested in that, that's where it came from. So I'm not going to take credit for all of this, uh, but um, they are in the library. You can check some of those out. So lots of things of effective. at those keys, or locks and keys, for effective prayer. And I think each and every one of us have some of those locks in our lives and keep those prayers from being what they should be. And some of us have those effective times in our lives where our prayer is what it's supposed to be. And I think every one of us has experienced that. And I think there are several of these keys and several of these locks that will speak to you tonight. And so we're going to jump throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, looking at scriptures and filling them out that have to do Prayer. But I want to remind you that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So don't ever forget that right there. Once again, we're supposed to constantly be in prayer. This is in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. The Bible tells us pray without ceasing. So we have some prayer warriors here at Rock Family Baptist Church. I want to use this time to go ahead and promote. We have a prayer ministry of prayer warriors, and they get together and pray for the Sunday morning service. It's just been that you get get on that uh, rotation list, and you can be a part of that. It's a wonderful time, uh, a great time, a lot of times you get to see the fruit of your prayers. And let me tell you, up here behind the pulpit, I know when you're praying for me, and when I know when you're not. And there are many times when there are uh, other forces that walk inside God's house, and it makes that sometimes difficult. So I want to thank you all for praying for that, praying for me in that. So get involved in that prayer ministry and see what God does with you at Rock Valley Baptist Church. So let's begin with that thought. Pray without ceasing. So let's take a look at uh, what the Bible tells us about this Rock and Four verse 2. We're to continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. So you're supposed to pray without ceasing. You're supposed to constantly be a part of it. Continue without stopping, being vigilant in it with giving of thanks. So we're looking at the locks and keys of effective prayer this evening. Let's start by looking at the locks. So we're going to take a look at ten things that might block our prayer life. So ten things that block our prayer. Number one, pray without knowing God through Jesus. Now, that is definitely a block in your prayer life. Have you ever met someone who's not a Christian and they have the audacity to say, how come God's not going to see my prayer? <laughs> in fact, a lot of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Before I was a Christian, I spent a lot of time in prayer. And my prayer was usually something like this. God, if you'll get me out of this mess, I'll never do it again. That sounds familiar? And then, of course, I would find out that the mess that I created would end up coming back to haunt me 
sometimes two, three, four times fold. And I would say, well, I guess God didn't hear my prayer. Or I would actually say, well, God perhaps did listen to my prayer, but I did not know who Jesus was, nor did I know God through His only begotten Son. So I had a belief in God, but I did not know who God was. And I want to point out something to you this evening. If you're listening to this online, I want to point this out to you as well. There is a big difference between believing in God and knowing God. There is a huge difference in that. You can believe in God and not know Him. And that's the reason why your prayers aren't answered. However, I do want to throw this at you as well. God is not a genie. We don't rub the lamp and get three wishes. So there are a lot of people out there. In fact, I have uh, folks who get angry at me throughout the years and say, Pastor, uh, when we pray with all our heart, God gives us the desires of our heart. I want you to know a spiritual truth. And you'll see this reflected in some of the scriptures that we read tonight. And once again, if you're online, you'll, you'll begin to learn this as you listen to the scriptures. The closer you get in your relationship with God, the more your heart starts reflecting God's heart. And that's why you start praying for what God wants, and then you're praying God's will, and your prayer is the answer. That's called spiritual maturity. And that's what happens as we grow into that. Another thing you need to be pointing out to you is uh, some of us will say, uh, Pastor, I don't get fed. You know, I'm praying, but I'm not getting fed spiritually. So I'm one of those guys that, that don't like to answer that particular statement. I'm sorry. Um, all creation, it's the young that don't see themselves. They don't stand You, as you grow up in Christ, you can be eating. So if you're one of those that says, I don't get fed, well, how long are you going to stay a baby? You understand what I'm saying? Make sure that you're in God's Word eating. Right now, I have children, and I can go to work, and every single one of them, I don't have to worry that they should eat today. Because I promise you, when his stomach rumbles enough, he's going to open the freezer or the refrigerator and cook his lazy self something. True. We as Christians, however, expect someone to bring it to us and stuff it in our mouth. No, we're, we're not to do that as we go in Christ. We begin feeding ourselves in our relationship with God in that. All right, so once again, there's a big difference between knowing God and believing in God. And knowing God is having that relationship with Him, and believing in God is, well, I believe God is different. That is where most people stop in their relationship with God, just believing God is different. That describes you tonight. I want you to know that there's more about God than just knowing His gift. There's a relationship you can have with Him. You can know Him, and He already knows you. In fact, the Bible says He knows everything about you. He counts the very hair on your head. So, if we are to look at the locks or the blocks of our prayer life, the very first thing we need to look at is do you have that relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Because if you don't know God through Jesus, your prayer life is non-existent. Take a look at me in John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except through me. Your prayers aren't going to go to God unless you go through Jesus. That's cut and dry, that's simple, and there it is right there. Your prayer life, your relationship, goes no further than your head unless you have Jesus. Let's take a look at another scripture there. Proverbs 28, verse 9. One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, that's God's law, even his prayer is an abomination. Look with me in John 9.31. Just give a little background of this particular uh, story right here. This is a gentleman who has 
been given his sight back by Jesus. And they, the Pharisees gather around this gentleman and say, is this guy a sinner? And he actually responds with a spiritual truth. He says, now we know, this is verse 31, that God does not hear sinners. That's in the New Testament. I didn't say that in the Bible. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. He's referring to what the Jews do. But if anyone is a worker of God and does his will, he hears can I ask you a question? Is your prayer life a little bit blocked? You feel like there's a lock on it in any of those five years tonight. Number one, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Number two, are you out of relationship with Him? So your prayer life is going to be locked up. Let's take a look at the next one right here. Number two, when we pray from an unrepentant heart, we end up with a lock in our prayer life. And you know what a lock on? Your heart can say, oh, you know what? I was right and self-righteous in what I did. And then you'll wonder why your prayer seems like it didn't leave your bedroom. So, Pastor, how do you know these things? Oh, gee, I wonder how I know those things. I've been there, unfortunately, before. Look with me in Psalm 66, verses 18 and 19. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. King David, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard me. He's attended to the voice of my prayer. If I cherish, let me give you a modern-day translation of that. If I cherish sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Did you hear that again? Praying from an unrepentant heart. If I cherish sin in my heart. You want to go when no one's around, the phone comes out, and what's inappropriate pops up on your phone, you cherish that. You know what? That's what the lot in your prayer life is. You need to get your relationship right with God. Praying from an unrepentant heart will keep a lock on your prayer life. Let's take a look at the next one. Number three. Incidentally, there are ten locks. We're all going to go quickly now. So write these down quickly or say, Pastor, I want the PowerPoint. I'll give you the PowerPoint. Give me the PowerPoint. Give me the PowerPoint. That's what it is. Praying for Joe here. Some of us pray for Joe. Look with me in Matthew 6 or 5. What does that mean? That means we put on a show when we pray. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, says Jesus, I say to you, they have their reward. Their reward is those people saying, man, I wish I could pray like that guy did. You know what? The greatest prayer is that one that says, God, I believe that you will accomplish your When we pray for Sean, listen to my wonderful prayer, my repentant prayer, my prayer for peace, my prayer for healing. Watch God heal these people through my prayer. And you've already got their reward. Praying for Sean becomes a lock on your prayer. Let's move to the next one. Praying repetitive, empty words. This is in Matthew 6, verse 17. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their own words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knoweth the things that you have need of before you ask Him. Do you pray pain of vain, repetitive words? That is something that I am conscious of in my life. I want my prayer life to be different every day. And contrary to what I want it to be, most of the time, my prayer life is very simple. God, thank you for this day. God, thank you for my wife, my children. Thank you for my house, for my food. Thank you for the sunshine. And Lord, would you send some rain? Now, 
what we do, we can oftentimes ask the same thing and it may seem repetitive, but it's not vain. There's a big difference in it. When our repetitive becomes vain, we have a problem with that. However, here's the deal, though. Uh, when Jesus was talking about this, he was talking about a vain, repetitive babbling that heathen and pagans would use to sound like they were reaching out to their God. And it sounds a lot like some of the modern-day Christianity when they've created a speaking in tongues moment. Now, don't get mad at me too much now. Uh, think people will ask me, Pastor, do you believe in speaking in tongues? I do. But I don't believe that everyone who's going around doing it is actually doing it in the Spirit. I believe that the majority of them are making those babbling, repetitive sounds. He said, God's hearing me. God ain't hearing me. No more than the person next to you is hearing you. It's vain and it's repetitive. Let's take a look at number five here. Prayer is not faith. Incidentally, if you don't pray it, it doesn't happen. You ever heard that before? Look at James 4, verse 2. In fact, we're going to focus in on the end of the verse here, but you lust and do not have, says James. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not have. You're not getting what you pray for because you're not praying for it. God, I want to be delivered from my whatever it may be. That may be the end of our prayer life every day. We need to be in that. God, help me surrender. God, help me to avoid. God, help me get it. Really, we're not praying for it. And when we do pray for it, it doesn't go past our heart. So prayers that are not prayed is a lot on our prayer life as well. Let's take a look at number six. Praying with a lustful heart. Praying with a lustful heart. James 4, verse 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask and miss, says the Bible. But you may spend it on your pleasure. Dr. Paul gives young Timothy advice. If you'll read the book of 1 Timothy, he says, Hey, flee from those who chase after money. For the love of money is the root of all You ask that you may spend it on your pleasure. God, I need $10 million of private airplane, and while you're at it, a swimming pool would be nice. You ask for your pleasures, as I told you before, the closer you get to God, the more you're in that relationship with God, the more your heart starts to look and act like His heart, and the more you begin to pray His will, and if you begin to pray His will, you're going to find out that God answers us. That's the prayer God answers when you start praying His will, and when we pray with a lustful heart, it's a lot. Praying while mistreating your spouse. Uh oh. Uh oh. First Peter two verse seven. Now we often point at husbands, and I believe this is directed to husbands. It says husbands, and that ought to be enough. But I believe it's also applicable to wives. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Read an old King James. It'll say that your Prayer will be answered. The idea in Greek is let. We get that word infinite. When we let the net, when it hits it at the net, there the net, and it doesn't go past the net. So it's kind of like the idea that your prayer grows up and it bounces off the net right back down on your head when you're at odds with your wife. Which then the wife, you're at odds with your husband. I believe that's just acceptable to you. Your prayers may not be hindered. Let's look at number eight. Praying while ignoring the poor. 
man walks by once and says, thank you, God, that I'm not like that. Thank you, God, that I'm not broke, that I'm not poor, that I'm not hungry. Thank you that I'm not naked. Proverbs 21, 13 tells us, Whoever shuts his ears to the cry of the poor will also cry himself not to save. Pray while ignoring the poor. You ever started praying, God, show me where you're working? You walk by the Dollar Tree and there's that homeless person sitting there. He looks up. God, where are you working? Where are you in my life? You just heard. You ignore the poor. You got to ignore Number nine. Praying with bitterness in your heart for someone. That's the easiest one. We get mad at the drop of a hat, don't we? What do you mean that the carpet's not going to be the color I wanted to be? What do you mean the fellowship hall is not going to be the color I wanted it to be? First church I ever pastored, I kid you not, they had a church split right before I got there over a toilet bowl. I kid you not. A toilet. Talk about flushing it down the bowl. Praying with bitterness in your heart towards someone. Mark 11, 25 to 26. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive me. These are the words of Jesus Christ himself. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. And your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. If you do not forgive, it's in verse 26. Neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your Somebody wants to ask you, Pastor, are you required about the gift? I took them to Matthew 6 and I showed them what Jesus said. You don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. He said, well, God hasn't forgiven you yet. Well, how can you stand Forgive you. When you pray with bitterness in your heart, you take a lot and you put it on your prayer. A big lot. Do you have bitterness in your heart tonight? That's not tonight. Let's look at that first. Praying with a faithless heart. Not to be mistaken for a faithless heart. Faithless heart. So let him ask in faith, says James. Ask Brother Jesus. There's no doubting that he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. So let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. Can you pray without faith? It's a big lie. Perhaps you're one of those because I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm asking, I'm looking, I'm watching for God to do something. And you know what? Here's the deal. God already knows what you need before you ask him. So God gives us a clear baby prayer. And let it go. Oh, I'm going to take a look at some of the keys here. Ten things that will make our prayer life effective. Ten things that will make our prayer life unaffected. And like I said before, if you want to fast, you can get them on the PowerPoint. I will email it to you or I can... Put it on a, a flash drive if you'll bring me one, or a CD if you'll bring it to me, uh, and we can bring it to you like that. Or you can come in the office and write them down, however you want to do it. Number one, make your life prayer life effective. Pray by asking, seeking, and knocking. Asking, seeking, and knocking. Please 
says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. It will be opened in you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks find it. And if you knock, it will be opened. You need friends?
he said, uh, we don't believe in the human being. Well, we don't believe in the human We don't believe it on command. And so the seminary professors began debating back and forth and your students were watching like a synagogue. And then finally, one of the guys said, well, I challenge you. Go with me at the Brownwood Regional Medical Center and you can lay your hands on every single one of them. How many of them are going to walk out of that hospital here? And I said, Preston, how many do you think? How many do you think will walk out? No matter how much faith that guy has. I would be over at that apartment complex every day. Lay my hands on the drug users, on those demon spirit people. I'd lay my hands on all those that are caught up with alcoholism, those that are caught up with anger, and I would cast it out if I could do it at my will and my According to his will, he hears the simple of the number five. Praying in Jesus' name. Uh oh. That's right. Young Christians love to do this and pray. God, 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 thank you, God. Jesus tells us in John 14, verses 13 to 14, whatever he asks in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's why we here at Rock Candy Baptist Church say, in Jesus' don't put that in your prayer, I want to challenge you. Change the way you pray. In fact, change the truth you pray. How you get to the truth and make Praying in agreement with other believers. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Matthew 18, 19, 20. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Brothers and sisters, are welcome to that church. We will come together in God's will and agree in the name of Jesus. It will be done for us. Do you believe that? I believe that. We've got to make sure we're doing it according to God's will, not our will. That's always the problem. Say to you that you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. Let's look at number seven. I'm running out of time. Praying while fasting. Do we believe in fasting? Yes, we do. Should we do it? Yes, we should. But I want to tell you something. It's between you and God. Every now and then, when the time is right, the church can call for a fast. Have I ever done it as a pastor? You bet we have. Last church that I pastored, we had two or three called fast. And we watched God do miracles. We watched people fasted for just 24 hours, and we watched it. He answered our prayers. Look at me in Acts 14, 24. And when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord as they had believed. I believe it there, but I believe it for the right time, the right situation. Not because my wrist hurts, my toes hurt, my hair is hurt. No, I got a headache. No, no. It's because it's something God wants to do. Let's take a look at verse 8. Number 8. Praying from obedient life. If you want an effective prayer life, make sure you're obedient. Let's see in 1 John 3, 21 and 22. 
Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence for God. And whatever we actually receive from Him, God, we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His heart. And we're obedient to God, we're praying the will of God, and we find ourselves Praying while abiding in Christ and His Word. John 15, verse 20. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask for what you desire and shall be done for you. Once again, a word of caution. When you're in God's will and God's words are in you, you're going to pray God's will and you're going to pray God's word in God's will. That does not include cataracts unless we need to be good. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, you will ask what you desire. Praying while delighting in the Lord. Would you change it? How do I say that? Praying while delighting in the Lord. Praying while delighting in the Lord. Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desire of your heart. You know what? Quick, quick. Stop trying to make church, the Bible, the prayer time, the prayer life. Of the lot to see the prayer. Number one, you must be in a right relationship with God. Cut and dry. Two, you must be in a right relationship with other people. And I want to put in there, especially your spouse, that's so in a right relationship with you. You want to be a prayer warrior? You want to be a friend of Make sure that you're in a right, right relationship with your husband or your wife. If you're not right with them, I'm telling you right now, your prayer life is not going to be right either. Three, your heart must be right. Be obedient. Those are the summary of a lot to see of prayer. Asking questions about God, you and me, praying, praying with passion, Jesus. Even one of those for passion, my prayer life has been a little lack of speaking. I want to advise you to pick up those 20 lots to see. Damn them to your lots to see. You want to be fast? Let me know and I'll email it to you. Or perhaps just one of them. Just one of them.
we would be about His business. That we help protect that God to live on. Let's pray together. Father, I come to you now in Jesus' name. Lord God, as we lift up our hearts to you, we ask for two things Lord God. You already know what they are. You know what we need. You know what we desire. And hopefully you ask them, Lord. But right now, Lord God, we just lay them in. Thank you.